0: The Blast From Our Past Network.
1: Hello and welcome to The Blast From Our Past Podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John, And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. Uh, we we're reaching back uh, into the late '80s uh, to bring a review of the album "Cosmic Thing" by the B52s. Yeah. So, Adam, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> do you? Yes. Why in the hell are we talking about B52s' "Cosmic Thing"?
2: I I was curious about this one when you when I saw it on the on the schedule to do. It. I was like, really? Is this a nostalgic album for us? I mean, I I can only really think of the Athens connection because we both went to school there uh, mm-hmm. in, in Georgia. And maybe that's why you, you hit it. But, but this is not an album that I remember you playing, like, you know, in our bedroom and like one that, you know, we both feel very nostalgic for. So, yes, tell me.
1: You pretty much nailed it right on the head. It is just the Athens connection. OK, <laughs> the Athens connection. Fair enough. We both went to school um, there. Yeah, so I wanted, for some reason, I just decided, you know what, let's do an album that's kind of, you know, it it could be nostalgic for a lot of people, but I wanted one that neither of us had listened all the way through Mm -hmm. to.
2: Yeah, this is definitely the first time I've listened to this whole thing.
1: Yeah, so I knew that was going to be the case. I kind of wanted, I was like, all right, let's listen to something new that's kind of new for both of us. Okay. So I decided, there's a lot of different ways I could have gone, a lot of albums, but one thing I am kind of nostalgic for and I know you are too is the time that we spent in Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the University of Georgia. Athens is an amazing music town. A lot of good music has come out of there. Um even, you know, fairly recently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you if you've ever heard the annoying um Outback song, <laughs> Let's
0: kick back for the moment. You'll forget
2: them when you're there. Let's go out back tonight. Like out the day. Go out back tonight.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still use that. That is a cover, uh, or that's a, that's that's uh, not a cover, but it's a it's taken from a song um by a band that is from Athens.
0: Let's have a sauce.
1: wild stuff <laughs> uh, actually I remember the band got a lot of flack for that hey dude and and they, and they were every, like fuck listen fuck
2: everybody else that's like oh my god you got you made money pieces yeah. of shit of
1: course and they, were, and they were like guys this is how we can afford to make more music for you yeah. guys by selling this so, anyway, yeah, it was pretty much this, the Athens connection, and um, there's a lot of good Athens bands, a lot of ones we could have gone. You know, I, I could have gone the RAM route, but I wanted to go yeah. in a slightly different way, and okay. so I decided that Cosmic Thing, uh, which was probably the B-52's most well-known album, mm-hmm. uh, would be an interesting way to go.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, um, this album went four times platinum. Uh, it peaked at number four on the Billboard 200, and it was number nine at the year-end chart. So this was a big album. Yeah. Um, this uh, uh, it kind of was like almost like a comeback for the band after the death of their original guitarist Ricky Wilson, who passed away in 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of like their the next big thing. Um, and six of the songs on this album were produced by Niall Rogers, who yeah. is an amazing producer and musician.
1: Yep. Originally from uh, Sheik.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: The other four songs were produced by a guy named uh, Dan Waz, who is famous for being a member of the band Was Not Was.
2: Oh, was not. Did did, did they do Walk the Dinosaur?
1: Walk the Dinosaur. And he's he's actually produced a, a good uh, number of of uh, other artists. Hmm. All artists I recognize, but like not necessarily albums I recognize. Mm-hmm. So, but still a big producer in his own right. Uh, the band or the album was released uh, June 27th of 1989. They recorded it in West Hurley, New York. So it was not recorded in Athens. Actually, to my knowledge, none of their albums have been recorded in, in Athens, per se. Okay. Uh, Athens, great place, great bar scene, great for live music. Probably not known for their recording. So yep. usually if bands record, they probably went into Atlanta, mm-hmm. if anything, where more of the stuff is. Uh, and as we mentioned, produced by Nile Rodgers and Don Was. So the band themselves is actually just the four members, uh, the actual band. So the three vocalists and the guitarist are just technically the band. Everyone else is just sort of a hired musician. Okay. Uh, so uh, Fred Schneider is that kind of iconic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> weird, like, I, you got to wonder how, you know, how did he get involved in this? It's just, it's... We'll talk about Fred He's Schneider an a interesting,
2: bit interesting dude. That is true. With an um, interesting
1: voice and style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cindy Wilson uh, does vocals. Kate Pearson does vocals. Uh, you know, notably, the, the three of them are kind of like the main front stay. And then Keith Strickland was the main guitar player and uh, keyboards. And then they had a slew of other people, and I won't really mention them because they had a bunch of different people on different tracks, um, but one person, uh, kind of of note, uh, a woman named Sarah Lee. No, not that Sarah. Yeah. Lee. Oh, I love her. I love her baked goods.
0: Nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee.
1: Yeah. Uh, what did play bass on the whole album and did kind of become their touring bassist for a long time. So if you remember the video for Love Shack, there's a girl playing bass. I believe that is also, that is Sarah Lee oh, yeah. sure playing it. it. And then uh, so yeah, I think they. Uh, other than other than the backing band. They just had the four kind of original members. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add before we kick into the album?
2: Um, no. I think I, all the uh, different little fun facts I had have already been stated.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, and we're going to start off with uh, kind of a, the, the namesake of the album, which is Shake That Cosmic Thing.
0: I was having this out-of-body experience.
1: If you were a fan of the B fifty two's like first album, their self titled album, which inc- contained their iconic song "Rock Lobster," mm-hmm. I would imagine that this song would give you sort of the the nostalgia of that album because to me that is sort of like that has that same sort of vibe.
2: Yeah, yeah. Rock Lobster, definitely, definitely With, similar style.
1: Ultimately, Fred Schneider. <laughs> I think you need Fred Schneider in doses. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I've got another song where I mentioned, I was like, (laughs) I need cut out Fred and this song would be better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds very, you know, if you like that quirkiness, it's gonna, it's, you know, it's gonna do it for you. But for me, it was, it was too quirky right out of the gate.
2: Yeah. It, it, is definitely quirky is a perfect way to put it it was actually on the Earth Girls Are Easy soundtrack and when we talked about that movie we might have mentioned this one you know if it played mm-hmm. during during the, the movie um, it hit number seven on the modern rock chart uh, it's I mean it's a cute enough little kind of party song quirky little song exactly that like I just wrote down such a unique voice with fred schneider <laughs> so, and i'm not it's, sure if that was for the best or for not for the best on this one but right um yeah you're right i, I do definitely get more vibes of like that older style the rock lobster style um mm-hmm. with this one and uh, it, it ended up being okay
1: yeah okay is probably about the best way i could describe it too yeah. all right well let's go ahead and move on then to the next song which is called dry country or sorry dry county
2: It is different. I mean, even even I wrote down that even uh, Fred is kind of actually kind of singing a little bit more on this. Yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So he sounds he sounds a little different.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I think the, the the girls are carrying this one a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, which helps because I, I in my opinion, they have fantastic voices. They do. They, yeah, they're they're great. I love I love their voice and, and you know what I it, I can see the appeal of the contrast between Fred's sort of quirky talk mm-hmm. and their, you know, sort of airy vocals. Um, and I can see how it kind of does pair well together, but like anytime they're kind of taking the lead on stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm always on, on board with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is one that the first time I listened to it was like, Oh God, yeah, I think it's a little long. Yeah. I,
2: I wrote that. It's like, I got a little, I got bored by the end. It's almost five minutes and that is just too yeah. long for their style. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe actually another song that's obviously their style is even longer at 521 <laughs>
1: right. and it's,
2: and I don't, and I don't think it's too long, but, but for this one, yeah, it did drag on.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was, there was a little too much repetition in, in stuff and not enough variation. And, you know, it was, it was actually, like I said, it grew on me. I, I, I could probably sit through it again, but like, it's not one I would pick out. It's probably middle mm-hmm. of the pack yeah. song for me yep. on this one. I, I
2: completely agree with
1: that. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the next song, which is called Deadbeat Club. song actually also kind of grew on me the first time I heard it. I think the first time I listened to this album, I was probably in the car driving somewhere, and I was like, oh, now's a good time to listen. And this song just kind of like washed through me. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. But the second listen through, I really enjoyed it.
2: I, I This one surprised me as well, too. I en- I absolutely did enjoy this song, um, and probably the more I listen to it, I do like it. This is the one that I wrote that I wish Fred just didn't sing at all on it. Uh, he's got he just kind of comes. So the girls have gorgeous voices, and they're singing kind of like a really high at uh, like a kind high octave at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deadbeat Club, and then he goes, he comes in Deadbeat Club, uh, and, I, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up! I don't want you there. You're, you're kind of ruining this by talking right, right now. Um, this song hit number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100, which surprised me. I didn't know this yeah. was like a big single. Um, it's songs apparently about the band's early days uh, in mm. Athens when they could kind of hang around cafes drinking coffee. And because they didn't work or anything, their parents nicknamed the Deadbeats or, or Deadbeats. Uh, uh, and so that's how they got that name. Um, oh, they, they mentioned a place called Allen's in it, which was actually a real-life place in Athens that they would hang out in the, in the neighborhood called Normal Town. Uh, that's kind of where they hung around hung around it i don't even know Mm. where normal town is because that's like locals shit like we went to school there so like we did like the real school shit there is two very different societies in athens there are the the uga people and the college kids that cause a ruckus and are you know fun college kids and you have that time or whatever and then you have the locals of athens and they're it's a different breed
1: yeah (laughs) it is but and and i and even not knowing um, that they were they were mentioning specific places in Athens, because I'm not sure Allen's was there when I went to school mm-hmm. there, so I don't remember that at all. But I could tell listening to it that it was it was kind of a, a nostalgic look back, and yeah. that immediately hit me, and I was like, okay, I can identify with this. I can identify with, like, thinking back to simpler times. Because mm-hmm. I think about that, uh, you know, sometimes too, of the times when we were in college and stuff like that. And, and yeah, college itself was – was uh you know stressful in its own way but just sort of the you know the sort of the freedom of leaving home for the first time being able to kind of live the way you want to live and still
2: not having all of the adult responsibilities (laughs) i mean (laughs) that is is such an awesome part of life that is like that's why a lot of people cling to those high school and college days as like some of the best of their lives because you don't have to deal with adult shit you know you could just kind of you're figuring out who you are a little bit and you could just do you
1: <laughs> yeah so. god those good times yeah see a lot there i've had I, i've had discussions with people and i don't know how this comes up somebody like if you could go back and relive or, you know do high school again would you hell no i would go back and do college again yeah you know or i would do my first t- time through college yeah <laughs> I, I
2: those that, that was the there's the best opportunity to kind of you know, live a really fun life or whatever the hell you wanted to do is yeah. those college times. Um and yeah, I really, you know, I, I went through four years and part of me thinks, man, why the fuck was I in a hurry to get through in all like the regular yeah. time? Like fuck, I could've I could have slowed You could have Van Wildered it, man. Yeah. I mean, who gives a shit? You know, by the time you get my age, now granted, was I doing anything super awesome, um, you know, furthering my career that first year out of college? Not really. Yeah, I made some connections <laughs> that really helped me, but yeah. fuck, I could have just spent one more year. <laughs> that would have been that would have been really awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. Let's oh, oh, uh, let's oh, I do want to say
2: there was a music yep. video for Deadbeat Club oh. um and uh Michael Stipe made an appearance in it. Even. Oh, nice. So that's kind of cool. Little yeah. REM Athens connection there.
1: Uh speaking of more sort of Georgia Athens connections, uh, that takes us to our next song which is the band's Undoubtedly Mm -hmm. biggest hit ever of all time, Love Shack. You know it. You love it. You know, if you, if I think people who, even if you don't like the B 52s, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the YMCA. You, you still get down <laughs> with it. You still love to listen to it.
2: Yeah. You kind of put it, I mean, that's, it's kind of become like a wedding song, almost kind of like even like, like YMCA is nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is the B, B- 52 song. Um, when you think of the band, you think of this song. It hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100, but it is, the energy of this song is just infectious and that's why i think it fits well as like a party song or a wedding song because like mm-hmm. man i just i do i want to get out i want to dance i want to just be kind of silly and you can dance stupid to this song you know <laughs> you, you don't have like a swing song going out there where you have to jump jive and wail and shit you can for love shack you can just fucking you know go out and and seizure on the dance floor and you're good to go man
1: <laughs> you can do anything and it's acceptable yeah for it. plus, I've always, you know, growing up in Atlanta, I've always loved hearing songs that reference, you know, areas. They, they reference the Atlanta Highway, which was I yeah. believe Highway 78. Uh, was, that, was that,
2: not, that wasn't, um, uh, shit, no, no, that wasn't, uh, was it not 136? Um, no. what was the one that we took all the time? Uh,
1: 316,
2: 316 is what I'm thinking of, but that's I mean, I just remember <clears throat> we had to get on the Atlanta Highway that then took me to 316.
1: Yeah. No, well, I know it couldn't be the 316 because uh, when the B-52s were in Athens, the, the 316 was not there. Uh, that, that makes you sense. Had, you had to take the Atlanta uh, the highway, uh, which is, yes, I, it was Route 78. Hmm. Uh, you had to take that in order to get to Athens. Okay. okay. Or you had to go up to 85 yeah. and get off there and take one of the other ones down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Then, yeah, yeah. then later they built the the 316, which went straight, essentially straight to Athens. Mm-hmm
2: okay off of the 85 i think but yeah i I mean i always remember when i had to drive home back to alpharetta from uh athens you always have the big sign atlanta highway and i take Mm -hmm. that and then it also had three sixteen, and then i would go off on the 316 spot and keep going but yeah i mean that is an iconic just athens road and and whatnot yeah
1: i mean it's there's not much more we can really say about love shack it's it's yeah. super iconic, you know. I it's, I am hard ti- pressed to find timeless a timeless
2: new- song. You could yeah. play this song in another 50, 60 more years and it'll still be fun.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And, yeah. and it's like one of those ones that everyone loves. Even yeah. if they don't even if they couldn't tell you the name of the band <laughs> who wrote who you know who sang it, they'd be it, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I Love Shack song." It makes you
2: feel good. Love Shack. Um the so the inspiration for the song, you know, was a a cabin around uh, Athens, Georgia. Uh, It was apparently a cabin where they conceived the the Rock Lobster song, Um, (laughs) but also uh, it's a place where Kate Pearson lived um, back in the 70s, but it burned down in 2004. I don't think she, uh, yeah, so it's gone. So So that Love Shack is gone. Uh, The music video, which is just a fun music video. Honestly, it's just a lot of people dancing in a little spot, um, in a little like Love Shack. Uh, mm-hmm. It was directed by Adam Bernstein, who directed "Baby Got Back," classic music video as well. Uh, he directed some episodes of Pete and Pete, twelve mm. episodes of Scrubs, episodes of Breaking Bad, and also, do you remember that really crappy? Um, you probably, I don't think I ever saw it, uh, but there was an SNL movie called "It's Pat." That with the uh, I <laughs>
1: never saw it, but I know what you're talking. You know about. the
2: character, yeah. So he directed that as well. Also, the music video had um, a very pre- kind of before uh he got famous, uh, RuPaul was in the music video.
1: Oh, I kinda remember that.
2: Yeah. So I do
1: kinda remember that.
2: Yep. So uh just yeah. I mean it just screams fun color energy, uh, this song and the music video does too.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. And and this is one of the few songs where Fred Schneider's vocal style totally works. Yes. yes. It's it per- works perfectly in this. Yeah. If they could have done more stuff kind of I, – I hate to say more stuff like this because you mm-hmm. don't want them to repeat styles all the time. Mm-hmm. But if they could have found a way to kind of utilize it the same way, I think it would have been better. All right. I think we've blown Love Shack yeah. enough. Uh...
2: <laughs> you can never overblow some Love Shack down.
1: <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next song, which is called Junebug. She's the wildest. So this one kind of hit me like dry county. It was better the second time, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of meh.
2: Yeah, it's it's quirky. Um I think it's fine for like when you're in that B-52's mood. But mm-hmm. um, you know, like like some of their other songs, particularly the ones that are surround this one. I can listen to most any time, but this one I have to be very specific. B-52's yeah. B-52's feel. And so, yeah, I, it's never going to be se- seeking out Junebug, but I agree. Like, you, you know, just listening to it again a couple times helps. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of had the same meh feels with this
1: one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it has helped by the fact that it's, I think it's pretty much mostly Pearson and Wilson who carry the song. Mm-hmm. And then Schneider kind of interjects in the middle. Yeah. Which is fine, yeah. you know.
2: And, and, and I don't hate him on this one. No, um, yeah, because it, it does. It does. Does it feels the quirk when you have the quirk? Schneider works. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: love it. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna kind of go go ahead and go past that song, and we're going to get to the next song, which I will admit is my favorite song on the album.
2: Yeah. I would say undoubtedly it's the best. You know musical song like it is yeah yeah just
1: um you know other than and i don't always go back to love shack sometimes i have to be in the right mood for love shack but i can listen to the next song rome anytime it comes on This is the only song other than the ending song, um, which we'll talk about when we get to that one. It's the only song that Schneider does not have a writing, writing credit on, because yeah. he he obviously does not sing
2: at all on it. Which is for the best, because their their <laughs> vocals are fantastic in this one. Oh, yeah. It, it probably would have really brought it down a peg if he showed up on
1: Rome. I agree. And it's, it, is, it is, as I mentioned, it's my favorite B-52 song, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I love Love Shack. Rock Lobster, I need to be in the right mood for. I can't yes. sit through that whole thing. <laughs>
0: no, well, I'm <laughs> on, with
1: you. On a regular one. But, um, you know, this one this one was one of the ones uh, produced by Nile Rodgers. And just, I, th- I think the, the, the production, the quality, um, the song itself is written really well, just written by uh, the two ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I think it's a fantastic and ultimately underrated b 52 song that I don't think gets as much love as it should. Yeah, to me, the kind of surprising
2: thing is I—I I, it took me a while to actually like fully realize this was the B-52s, probably because there's the absence of Fred Schneider's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a popular one; it hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100, so the same mm-hmm. place that Love Shack did. Uh, But this is, yeah, this is, this is a song people know it's recognizable. It's catchy. um, But like for a long time, probably because, yeah, like I said, without Schneider's voice, I probably thought this was maybe like a bangle song or somebody else. And so I I never really connected it to the B-52s, but um, it is, it is so well done. It's less kitschy than Love Shack and just a straight Hmm. up good song. Yeah. Uh, but it is very very enjoyable and yeah probably probably far more listenable and you have to be less of being in that quirky mood to appreciate it which yeah. is just a little bit more often
1: oh no wait I was wrong I totally misread that okay. uh, so Snyder does have a writing credit on it but I'm not entirely sure he, he much did it sometimes bands they will like blanket give everyone mm-hmm. in the band writing credit gotcha. for a song um but uh, the lyrics in this one was the only one not written by one of the members of b was written by a guy named Robert Waldrop. No idea who he is. Waldrop.
2: Okay. Makes me no think of idea. like a NASCAR racer. I don't yeah. know. If...
1: Waldrop's up on the line. He's yeah. going around the bend.
2: <laughs> I feel like maybe there's just a NASCAR racer not called Waldrop or Walt. Something like that.
1: <laughs> something like that. So anyway, um, I, I can't say enough good stuff about this song. I really, yeah. really do love and enjoy this song. And it probably was... The instigator for me, like, I'd like to talk about this song. Let's talk about Cosmic Thing. <laughs> fair,
2: fair enough. It's a good
1: one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our number seven song called Bushfire. So I put this one uh, kind of like middle, but like upper middle. So it's like, it's slightly above like Junebug or something like that Mm -hmm. for me. It definitely still has that B-52s signature style and and sort of timbre to the way they they sing it. But for this one, um, Schneider's vocals don't bother me as much as it did on something like Cosmic Thing or something like that.
2: Fair fair enough. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. I, obviously, I wasn't familiar with the song and never heard it before. Right, um, and I kind of threw it in. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's not it's not special to me because I don't have any of those other feels. and it's not as poppy uh, as either Rome or Love Shack that I had just kind of listened to not long before this. Uh, and it was yeah, I gave it a I gave it a thumb sideways, kind of slightly up, yeah. <laughs> kind of <Slightly>. thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of the the Robin Williams. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thing. Yeah. All right, uh, we're chugging along on this one, which I kind of knew we would. Yeah, and that's okay. Uh, and that brings us to the next song, which is called "Channel Z."
0: Getting up,
1: know what it is something about this song rubbed me the wrong way
2: i i wrote down do not like the, or do not do not like i said i don't love this one no uh,
1: i did not like this really at all
2: this is apparently the first single from the album um i don't think it really did anything well it Which, hit number one on the alternative airplay chart whatever the hell that is
1: i but, i don't you know i don't uh i don't know what the studio was thinking when they're like, oh, that's the song we're going to release first. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Schneider said this is probably our most straightforward political song up until then. I uh, said it was about the state of the country. I had no idea. I couldn't tell <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. And probably about this time, you know, eight songs in, I'm about like, oh, I'm getting a little tired of Schneider's voice.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't really have too many good things to say about that one. It just it just it didn't it didn't get me any any uh, in any way. Did you watch the music video for this?
2: Uh I did not. I, I okay. yeah, I didn't I, even check.
1: I did not either. And it just on the description it looks like it's basically just them playing in front of an audience. So. Oh,
2: yeah, okay. Yeah, that's not then that's mm-hmm. nothing
1: special. Nothing special. Mhm. Uh, All right, let's move on to the penultimate song. I haven't had a chance to use that word in a while. Yeah, great word. Penultimate song called Topaz. Uh, this is another one that kind of grew on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the vocal style. I like that Fred does a little bit more singing style. Yeah, he does on a little, one.
2: little more background actual singing. I agree, and it, yeah. it actually it works.
1: It's a, to me, it would be kind of a good sort of background song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a song that I think I would ever seek out, but like if I it it's one that I, I would totally listen to all the way through if it showed up in like a b52's mix or something like that mm-hmm. um it it's a fine song it's not it's it's not it's upper middle of the road
2: i put the i put high middle of this album yep. is kind of the area uh, but same thing i also wrote not going to go hunt this one down um but it is it is fine yeah i don't i didn't dislike it but you know if if maybe some of those other out al- songs were a little bit more like this i probably would have even more appreciated the full album itself.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to, this is going to be a short one today, folks. Yeah. Uh, It brings us to our last one, which is really just kind of a filler called follow your bliss. so it's largely instrumental. Yeah, there's like some oohs and ahs in the background, yeah. but that's about it. And that's that's pretty much it. So I, I I don't know if this was just something that they had recorded and they needed to fill time in the in the album, <laughs> or if they really wanted to put this on. I, it's hard to tell without you know talking to them. But um, I mean. It's, it's, it's not even, there's nothing about the instrumental that grabs me. Awesome. So it's hard to say, it's hard to say anything negative. Cause it's like, it's just an <laughs> instrumental. It's just them jamming along. It's okay. You know, it's background noise essentially. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to grab you to be like, oh, that's a great instrumental.
2: Yeah. My problem with it, it was, it was the most un-B-52 song on the entire <laughs> album. It didn't, it didn't have any of the other feels of any of the other songs. and that's so. True. It just it felt like it came out of nowhere. Um and I, I just it, it it seemed very unnecessary for me. So I I, di- I I didn't dislike it. It was a meh instrumental, but I would say for the overall connection to the rest of the
1: album, it didn't make any sense to me. I totally agree. It seemed completely out of left field. Yeah. So um, all right, let's kind gonna go. Final thoughts. As, you know, this, is, this was a unique one. We, we talked about an album that neither of us had any kind of nostalgic connection to. So what were your final thoughts on it?
2: Um, uh, this album itself, I don't think I'm going to really invest any more time into other mm-hmm. than what we've already done. Uh, I didn't hate it. There was not hate coming for this album. Um, but even just listening to it, Like, you know, there was no Diamonds in the Rough here. Love Shack and Rome stand out high above the others. And even if Mm -hmm. I had never heard those songs before, I still feel I would probably pick them out as the two most interesting songs on the entire album. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're great. They deserve to be on any 80s playlist, every 80s playlist, honestly. Um, And and the other songs are fine. And you're right, if I had a B-52, you know, playlist and some of these stuff came up cool um i appreciate the b52s for my nostalgia of college and athens in general um but i will not be shaking that cosmic thing probably ever
1: again (laughs) uh largely i'm gonna just say the exact same thing Mm. Um, those two songs stand out as as the best on the album. There's some nice little sort of background gems that kind of popped out mm-hmm. a little bit. Deadbeat Club was pretty cool. I'd, yep. I'd listen to that one again. Deadbeat um,
2: Club. <laughs> 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 um,
1: you know, I I could listen to Topaz and and, yep. and a couple of other ones again if I if you know, if I had to. mean um, maybe on occasion I on occasion I might go back. Because every so often I will go back to a whole album that I have not listened to in a long time, or if I'd never listened to the whole album but happened to buy it. Um, it's hard to say whether or not I will actually ever go back to the album. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I might go back to a couple extra songs that I haven't listened to as much and pull them out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but largely, it was okay. Um Honestly, I think I probably just used it as a vehicle for us to nostalgically talk about our time in Athens. Yeah. And you know fair. what? That's okay, too. <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, my God, yes. Uh, I actually, I was driving, um, our mom was moving, and so I, mm-hmm. I kind of, she was moving to South Carolina, and I was helping her, you know, take a couple loads, uh, you know, to their new storage unit or whatever, and I kind of had to drive through Athens, so on the, one of the rides back, I was just like, hey, mom. Peace out! I'll see y'all back at you know the house. I'm gonna just kind of swing into Athens. So I kind of drove by a couple of places. I stopped at uh, East Campus Village, which is where I lived for three of my four years, mm-hmm. um, which was a nice kind of you know nice dorms, and just kind of walked around. And it's I mean it's definitely things look new and it's different. And you know sometimes your your memory isn't exactly what you really right. really was. But like it was just it's just it's really fun. It's really. Infectious is to be back in that town. I mean, I would love to go back with some of my buddies and just kind of have a walk downtown and hit up some yeah. of the stuffs. And, you know, of course, well, you, you, some of those bars try not to like look at these <laughs> children who are drinking and be like, Jesus right. Christ, you're fucking kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and,
1: and we did have last, uh, last Christmas, we did have a, a fun time going down, uh, for, we happened to be, all together at our our mom's place mm-hmm. uh, for Christmas last year, and my wife turned 40, and to yeah. celebrate, we went to downtown Athens to a karaoke, kind of karaoke bar. We got our own private karaoke room, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. That uh, was right? a real and good my time. Ki- my kids came, and they had a lot of fun. They enjoyed yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. There's been, a lot of the songs that were sung are songs that my kids ask to listen to now oh really? in the surprisingly, one of the ones that that I think the girls picked to sing, my son loves the song now, and that's uh, Dolly Parton's nine to five. Oh, nice that's and, which good, is a that's, great song. It is I love a really that song. Good song yeah so but uh, yeah, uh you know it, it's it's funny. um I was actually talking to my son about Athens um the other day, I can't remember how it came up, and uh we took them there several years ago. Um, I think it was when we came to visit dad when dad was going through his, his you know, or he had finished up his uh, mm-hmm. chemo and stuff the first time. Mm-hmm. And we we took the kids down because I was like, oh, God, we, I'm here, I got to go to Athens. Mm-hmm. So we went to Athens and we walked around, you know, the the um, uh, old campus, is that what it's called? God, my memory's going, mm-hmm. I'm getting old. North campus?
0: North campus, yeah. yeah.
1: North campus. And it took them to the arch and my mm-hmm. son still remembers that.
0: Oh wow!
1: He, I and you know, I to him and say, like, "Oh yeah, we went to Athens." He goes, "Oh yeah, the Arch." He still remembers that, which is good because I'm trying to plant it in his brain that that's where he wants to go. To yeah. go for college.
2: <laughs> That'd be awesome.
1: So, uh, I I I know it's very early to be thinking about that because he's only 11, and and my wife is not keen on talking to him about going to a school that's out of state. Yeah, which I'm like, he has to go to a college that's out of state.
2: You don't? You're not not a fan of the uh, UNLV uh, I, Rebels?
1: No, well, no, but you also, one, I think college, you don't get that true college experience by just going to a school that you could just, you stay in your own room yeah. that you grew up in and just going to classes. It, to me, it's just like continuing high school. It's just a little bit harder.
2: Yeah. It was It was really nice. I mean, Athens was about an hour and a half from where yeah, it our was mom perfect. was. And so that it was, was perfect. We could go back for a weekend if we needed to. I did not do that very often. Yeah, I didn't um, either. But it, yeah, you had your own experience. And your own it was it was your city at that time,
1: yeah, oh, yeah. And and having to do that really teaches you of what it is gonna be about to be an adult later, mm-hmm. because you do have to start taking care of things yourself that you didn't have to take a, take care of before. So, I'm I'm anytime anyone asks me, and I've had students over the years talk about it that whenever they ask me, you're like, "What about college?" I'm like, "You need to go somewhere else. Don't mm-hmm. stay here. Go somewhere else." And I, and I tell you, the ones who have had a chance to leave come back a more i feel a more enriched person because of it Yeah. so uh so <laughs> we kind of rambled at the end there but <laughs> you know this this uh this album did what i wanted it to do which was to you know get us to kind of nostalgically talk about our our college days so yeah all right that was our review of the b52 albums cosmic thing please join us next time for a patron requested episode. We're doing all things Mike Judge, breaking down the 1999 film Office Space, discussing the 90s cartoon Beavis and Butthead, and casting a real-life version of the cartoon King of the Hill. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you find us on social media search for at blast past cast so until next time i'm john and i'm adam and thanks for joining us see you next time
0: hey everybody welcome to talking back the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies comics video games and more i'm your host tim And with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean?
1: Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out.
0: Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.